Welcome to the Tap Into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hello everyone and thanks for joining me. For this podcast, I'm going to have a look at the safety hierarchy of controls. I'm going to unpick what the controls mean for different countries around the world and I'm also going to discuss how you identify workplace hazards and how you select your control measures. From there, we'll look at five steps to make sure that the control measures that you're using are the best controls. The hierarchy of controls is a risk management tool used around the world to manage workplace hazards. The National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH in the US, and the Occupational Safety and Health Administration in the US, OSHA, use the following flow. The first level of the hierarchy is elimination, where you physically remove the hazard. Second is substitution, where you replace the hazard. Third is engineering controls, where you isolate people from the hazard. Fourth is administrative controls, where you change the way people work. And finally, the final level of the hierarchy is personal protective equipment to protect the worker with PPE. Now in Australia, Safe Work Australia includes an additional high level action and they include isolation, whereby we isolate the hazard from people. And the isolation control follows after elimination and substitution control measures when they have been exhausted or ruled out as impractical. And in the Australian six level hierarchy of controls, Engineering controls are defined as a physical control measure, including a mechanical device or process. The control methods at the top of the pyramid, namely elimination, substitution, isolation, and engineering controls, are potentially more effective and protective than those at the bottom, namely administrative controls and personal protective equipment. These last two, the administrative controls and PPE, are generally your last line of defence in terms of protecting you from workplace hazards. I'm now going to look at the hierarchy of controls in detail and I'm going to look at the six level pyramid. You must always aim to eliminate the risk, which is the most effective control. If this is not reasonably practicable, you must minimise the risk by working through the other alternatives in the hierarchy. So elimination is your first priority. Is it possible to physically eliminate the hazard? Using this control, the hazard becomes void and therefore does not expose employees to a risk of injury. If that fails, your second option is substitution. Is it possible to replace the hazard For example, can you change the equipment or tools that you're using to perform a hazardous task? The third level in the hierarchy is isolation. Can we isolate or separate the hazard or hazardous work practices from people not involved in the work or the general work areas? For example, by marking off hazardous areas, installing screens or barriers. Number four, 
using engineering controls. Can we use machinery and devices to remove the hazard? For example, use mechanical devices such as trolleys or hoists to move heavy loads, or place guards around moving parts of machinery, or install residual current devices, set work rates on a production line to reduce fatigue, or install sound dampening measures to reduce exposure to unpleasant or hazardous noise. Last two levels of the safety hierarchy of controls, administrative controls and PPE, are your last line of defence. So using administrative controls, is it possible to change the process or the way that employees perform a hazardous task? This type of control is deeply dependent on workers following preventative process and they still remain at risk of a workplace injury. The final level, personal protective equipment, is it possible to provide PPE that will protect employees from the hazard? Relying on PPE to protect your employees, as I've said before, is the last line of defence against a workplace injury. But too often, people forget to wear their PPE, it might not fit them properly, and it doesn't provide the appropriate level of protection. We rely on our PPE far too much. However, PPE is often used in conjunction with the higher level controls to make the task less hazardous. We've had a look at the safety hierarchy of controls and now we need to look at how do you identify workplace hazards? Well, unfortunately, identifying hazards doesn't come naturally to all employees and you can't hide behind the notion that it's just common sense. Failure to identify and assess your workplace hazards forces you to be reactive. You're waiting until an accident happens before you do something about it. You need to involve your employees who often have the best understanding of the conditions that create hazards because they usually have insight in how to control them. You also need to train in what constitutes a workplace hazard and determine the most practical and highest level of control you can use. And of course you're doing this while referring to the hierarchy of controls. A good place to start is to identify the known hazards in the tools and equipment in your workplace. You could conduct routine workplace inspections to identify any new hazards that specific work practices create. And then, of course, you should investigate your injuries, incidents, illnesses or near-miss events to identify the underlying hazard, dangerous work practice or failure in your current safety program. You should look for trends in the types of injuries and illnesses to identifying underlying hazards. And you should follow up to ensure the control measures you're using are effective. At all times, encourage hazard reporting and empower employees to immediately fix any hazard when it is safe to do so. It's vital to assess the risk associated with each hazard you identify, and you can use a risk assessment matrix to help you separate hazards into high-risk and low-risk tasks. From here, you can determine where to focus your efforts. Then finally, Work through the hierarchy of controls to assign the highest level of control for each hazard that you identify. 
I next want to talk about the importance of hazard control measures. They're a critical tool to prevent workplace accidents and injuries, and they should form part of your organisation's health and safety plan to ensure a method to identify hazards to control them as far as practicable and to reduce the risks present in your workplace. Now, critically, by developing hazard control measures, there are several benefits to your business, including identifying employees who undertake high-risk activities. You'll become aware of who is most at risk and how and when they are at risk and their level of exposure. And this will encourage you to mitigate or eliminate those risks. Noting hazards where you can eliminate risk encourages you to reduce and minimise exposure and train on what to look out for to address them. Continual assessment of the risks that hazards pose allows you to determine whether the control methods you apply are effective in reducing or eliminating the risks. Where they fall short, this gives you an opportunity to reevaluate. Hazard control measures and risk assessments will reduce or eliminate the number of accidents or injuries in your workplace. And your work health and safety legal obligations require you to identify risks and implement hazard control measures. Failure to do so can result in severe corporate and personal fines. In addition to incarceration, depending on the severity, prior knowledge and casualties a workplace fatality or serious injury can result in. When choosing hazard control measures to manage workplace risk, there are eight things to consider. Firstly, you need to assess the likelihood of the risk associated with each hazard to cause injury or illness. Second, investigate the degree of harm that would result if you expose employees to the hazard. Number three, consult with your employees to determine what they know about the hazard and ways to eliminate or reduce the risk. Fourthly, select one or more controls that provide the highest level of protection for people and is the most reliable. Use the safety hierarchy of controls to guide you and try to only choose administrative controls and PPE as a last resort, especially when the hazard has the potential to cause death serious injury or illness. Number five, the control that you want to use must be readily available, be made to suit or be put in place. Sixthly, controls must be suitable for your workplace conditions, work processes and your employees. Number seven, take into account the cost of controlling risk to determine what is reasonably practicable and finally, check to see that the hazard control measures do not introduce any new hazards. If they do, then you need to manage these as well, starting back at the beginning where you assess the likelihood of the risk. Before you implement your control measures, you must assess their level of effectiveness. This is an ongoing process to ensure that the hazard control measures remain relevant and provide protection for employees and visitors. After all, things change in work environments. You have new plant and machinery, new processes, weather variations, new employees, etc, etc. 
The first thing you need to do is determine who has accountability for health and safety plans, procedures and documentation. It's generally your managers and supervisors and their accountability may vary across different procedures. You must ensure that you give them the authority and resources to implement and maintain hazard control measures effectively. In addition, you should monitor their reports and recommendations to improve. The level of risk and the experience of your employees will determine the amount and type of supervision that you need. Generally, higher levels of supervision are necessary when you have new or inexperienced employees or when you introduce a new procedure or carry out difficult and critical tasks. Second, you need to conduct regular maintenance of your plant and equipment. Hazard control measures also need regular monitoring and maintenance to ensure that they remain effective. You need to decide what you require when you implement each control, and this will include inspecting and testing, repairing or replacing, all damaged or worn plant and equipment. It's useful to establish a schedule for routine checks and maintenance appropriate to the controls. Also, many organisations establish a risk register when identifying hazards that details what action you need to take, who will be responsible for taking the action and by when. You need to check that the hazard control measures remain suitable for the nature and duration of the work and always ensure that they are set up and employees are using them correctly. Training is critical. Employees need to know what constitutes a workplace hazard, how to recognise one and how best to control the risks. They need to know their responsibilities when working on high-risk activities so they keep themselves and others safe. And critically, training must cover the nature of the work, the associated risks and the hazard control measures that they should use. In short, your employees must be competent to do their job safely. Your employees should be able to demonstrate that they're competent in performing their tasks according to the procedures. As an employer, you need evidence of their continuing competence. You can't just give an employee a procedure and ask them to acknowledge that they understand and are able to perform their tasks. You have to provide ongoing training in hazard control measures and have evidence that they understand the risks. You also need to maintain up-to-date information on the hazards in your workplace because things change. For example, manufacturers and suppliers may update the information about the hazards associated with plant and substances. You need to check any changes or updates to make sure the hazard control measures are still relevant. Also, if maintenance processes reveal new hazards, or show that you are not addressing existing hazards, you'll need to review your hazard control measures. When new legislation or new information becomes available, you'll need to audit the control measures to ensure that they remain the most effective. And when you introduce new machinery and equipment, you should check that your processes and hazard control measures remain relevant to that new piece of equipment or machinery. Where there is a regular review of work procedures in consultation with your employees, hazard control measures are likely to be more effective. The Safe Work Australia Model Code of Practice provides guidelines on how to review your hazard control measures. 
And there's a series of questions you should ask yourself and your employees. Are the hazard control measures working effectively in both their design and operation? Are the control measures creating new problems? Are you missing any hazards? Are any new work methods, new equipment or chemicals making the job safer? Are all employees following the safety procedures? Do your employees need more instruction and training on how to work safely? Are your employees actively identifying hazards and possible hazard control measures? Are your employees openly raising health and safety concerns and reporting problems promptly? And finally, are the frequency and severity of health and safety incidents reducing? In summary, the safety hierarchy of controls pyramid is a systematic workflow to provide the most effective control measure to workplace hazards. The tool is widely used around the world and prescribes a method to always begin with eliminating any hazards that you identify in your workplace. Where elimination is not practical, you should substitute tools and methods for less hazardous ones or isolate the task from employees through barriers or screens. Alternatively, you can use engineering controls, such as a mechanical device or shut-off switches to protect employees from injury. The top four controls of the hierarchy are the most effective in preventing workplace injury. The two lower level controls, administrative controls and PPE, are the least effective at minimizing risk because they do not control the hazard at the source and rely on human behavior and supervision. However, PPE is often used in conjunction with the higher level controls. Thanks for listening. I hope this discussion has been useful and that you now understand how to use the safety hierarchy of controls. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics, or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.